Good morning. Steve has worked some magic again, got that PowerPoint working. Thanks, mate. If you open your Bibles to John chapter 1. Starting at verse 1, as we consider born to bless. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, It's not actually two weeks, Rob, it's five weeks I've had off. Five weeks I've had off work and tomorrow is my first day back. Um, But I'm excited. It's not about going back to work tomorrow. That's not so exciting. I've started to get some text messages about some issues that have been coming up and people are getting their saying, you know. So before I go back, they're like, well, this is what happened. (coughs) So I've got to deal with that tomorrow. I, I'm excited, but I'm excited about this year, as, as Raf said and, and Rob's alluded to. That, um, I'm excited about 2018 because I believe that God uh, has something in store for us which is greater than what has been before. That what has been in 2017 has been great and we've achieved some great things, but I believe God has in store so much more in 2018. The whole reason we exist here at Montmorency has been shared already this morning that we exist to give the opportunity for everyone in this place and in this community and the communities we exist in to know and follow Jesus. And those priorities in achieving our purpose to bless, belong, believe and become are are crucial in us achieving the reason we exist. And our emphasis on bless this year in 2018 isn't about discounting belong and become and and believe and become. But I believe God has spoken to us and we need to listen. He wants to change us. He wants us to live with an attitude to bless. It's been on our hearts and we want to share that with you not only this morning, but into this year. Born to bless. The statistics say that you remember about 10% of what I'm going to say this morning. 
Um, I'd be, that sounds generous, I'd be happy with that. So if you can just remember one thing. So this might only be like 2%. I'm going to say it a few times. If it comes up. <laughs> Otherwise you won't remember anything. It'll just be that screen with a line around it. <laughs> but we are blessed by God in order to be a blessing to others and bring glory, honour and praise to God. I'll say it again, I'll say it a few times through the sermon. We are blessed by God in order to be a blessing to others and bring glory, honour and praise to God. Uh, bless or blessed is a, is a word that people love to be associated with. It's a bit of a warm and fuzzy wor- word, isn't it? If, you, if you're on uh, Instagram, Instagram in a nutshell is a place where people put pictures up, social media forum, and they put these hashtag before a word and uh, describes a bit about the picture. And the more people that use the hashtag in that word, it accumulates and it, you can look at all the people that have used that word and the pictures that they've associated with. I won't go on about Facebook and, Insta- and uh, Snapchat and speak to Betty about Facebook. She's quite hot on Facebook. I see Betty Smith come up a lot, maybe over a cup of tea. But if you go on Instagram, there's uh, the, the word hashtag blessed. It's been used over 86 and a half million times. And the fact is that I thought that when I saw this, I thought that people actually like to associate themselves with the word blessed and there's this connection between the word blessed that it's, that it's, uh, its primary purpose that the ultimate blessing is really when we have things, when we have holidays, when we have cars, when we have jobs and pay rises and there's this association, perhaps even in some churches, but definitely in the world that hashtag blessed is when we have things and we can show people this is my Instagram life. (laughs) I don't doubt for a second that God can provide a house, a car, a pay rise. But the ultimate way God blesses us, the ultimate blessing in anyone's life is found in John 1 verse 12 and 13. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The ultimate blessing that we can have is that we can belong to God. It says there we received him, believed in his name, he gave the right. And it might be an obvious answer, but I want to touch on it this morning. Who is he? Who is his and him that it's talking about here? It's Jesus. And through the Gospels, there's different emphasis from the author's and in the Gospel of John, it's about portraying the deity of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is God. And it's, and, and, and it's crucial there and it's seen through the whole book of John. And he says, in the beginning was the word, Lagos speaks of Jesus Christ. The words in the beginning 
uh, are identical to the Greek words in the Greek Old Testament in the beginning in Genesis 1.1. And that's not an accident. It's, it's, it's telling us about the deity of Jesus, that Jesus is God, that Jesus created the universe. That in the beginning, before there was created matter, Jesus existed. Jesus was. Jesus is God. And through Jesus, all things were created. Nothing has been made or is made without Jesus. All things are held together by him. All things were created by him and for him and through him. The sun, the moon, the stars, the very planet we live on, the way things work in the universe, I don't understand it all, but the way things spin around other planets and in the solar systems and everything is in alignment because it's not an accident because Jesus holds things together. A couple of weeks ago I had an operation and uh, I got an incision that was a a couple of inches sort of maybe an inch and a half sort of long they did what they needed to do and stitched it all back up, brought the skin together and the stitches inside, they dissolve. Um, and in overnight on some heavy painkillers, could explain the thoughts I was having. Um, I was thinking about how amazing the, and fragile the body is, but how amazing it is. You know, you don't get much sleep in a hospital bed. So I got thinking about the, you know, just this fact that the body... Um, is full of so many different things, muscles and blood and veins and uh, uh, fat. Uh, (laughs) It's all these things that that make up the physical aspect of our body and it's held together. We have these three main layers of skin. And I'm not giving you the medical expert, I'll save that for another time, um, opinion, but we have these three main layers of skin that sort of hold us together, we think. That's the explanation we get. But we're not all spilling out onto the carpet here this morning (laughs) and it seems like it's a miracle. I don't know if you ever thought about that. I told you I was on some heavy (laughs) drugs at the time. But you don't need to be a medical expert. You don't need to be medically educated to know that the body is ridiculously amazing and intricate and detailed. And it's not the three layers of skin holding us together. It's Jesus. The Word. Colossians 1 says that all things, all things are held together by Jesus. This is who, him, his and he, when it talks there in verse 12, is Jesus, the creator and the sustainer. Thanks, Steve. And Jesus has the ultimate blessing you and I can ever receive. 
the right to become children of God. Children who are born of God. Salvation and forgiveness and being made a child of God is his ultimate blessing. But it doesn't end there. What does it mean for me to be blessed by God? And just as important, or if not more important, why? Why are we blessed? Why are we blessed by God? There are plenty of scriptures that speak about being blessed. Probably none more well known than Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, that says blessed. And the Greek word used is makarios, and its history... The, the history of that word is quite interesting. I thought I was just getting sidetracked as I started to read about it. But it ties in and gives so much context and power to what Jesus was saying here. It, it, it originally in ancient Greek times referred to the gods. The blessed ones were the gods. They had achieved a state of, of this happiness and contentment that only a God could achieve. They lived beyond worry and doubt and problems and issues. So to be blessed, you had to be a God. And then it took on a second meaning. It referred to the dead. The blessed ones were, were humans who through death had reached the other world of the gods. So to be blessed, you needed to be passed away, dead. And thirdly, it was used in the context of the very wealthy, so actually now the living, the people that had everything, who everyone looked up to, all the wealth and possessions that you could imagine. So it spoke of God's people that had died and gone to be with God's and it spoke about the living who had everything. And when Matthew pens or uh, feathers or whatever he used to write down the words of Jesus. He used this word, makarios, when speaking about when Jesus said blessed. Because you can imagine the reader is thinking about the gods and the dead, the people with everything people that don't have to have any worries or fear. But what Jesus says is that those that are blessed by God are actually the opposite. They're not the elite of society. They're at the other end. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you. When people persecute you. You are blessed when people say false things of all kinds of evil against you because of Jesus. 
And to put it into a real biblical meaning and context, I think there's no better verse than 1 Peter chapter 4 and I'll actually I'll start in verse 12. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And I think in that meaning and context, it, it puts blessed as, as a believer in Christ who is, who is satisfied. Not a temporary satisfaction that we can get from the cravings of our sinful nature, but satisfied in Christ and secure no matter life circumstances, whether we have plenty or whether we have little because the presence of God is in our life. That is the Holy Spirit. If I was to give you a a couple of keys this morning and one was for a brand new car that's sitting outside. It's got all the bells and whistles. Um, Ava recently was telling me she's going to invent a car when she's older. This car might not be as good as that one because she's going to have mini golf inside and a swimming pool (laughs) this is a big car (laughs) okay so this might have all the bells and whistles but brand new car and I'll give you another key and it's a key to drive your car to a brand new house and inside that house you've got the maids and you've got butlers and cooks and cleaners and when you get inside there's a special room at the back there's a safe there it's got money in there that you can live off for the rest of your life here's those two keys off you go one of the first calls you might be making is your boss Monday 5th of Feb I'm not coming in no need but as all things that are so good too good to be true I come a few weeks later with my lawyer to let you know that I actually need to take those things back And then the first call you make is to your boss. Can I have my job back? (laughs) There's a happiness, there is a happiness that is not temporary and it's not conditional. A joy that can only come from God for those who are pure in heart, for those who seek God. And they speak of a character of a person who wants to be obedient to God. Blessed are those who are weak, who are seen as weak in society and are insulted and unjustly treated because of the name of Jesus. It's, it's quite the challenge uh, to, to look into the Beatitudes and and find yourself there. I, I know I find it really challenging to look into those and try to identify with those things. Are they true of, of who I am? But these are the words of our Creator. So it sounds like we can't have lots of things. 
Sounds like we can't have cars and houses and possessions and wealth. Well, that would be really legalistic of me to say such a thing. So it would be a wrong statement to make that, to say such a thing. So how does this all tie in together? What do I expect from God and what does he expect from you and me? James 1 says all good things come from God. But is what you have good? That probably depends on how tight you hold on to the things that you have. How you treat the things that you have, the attitude towards the things that you have. If God was to say, Graham and Elizabeth, I'm taking it all back. I need to take it all back. Will you still see the blessings of God in your life? And I don't, I don't stand here this morning and pretend like I know what that feels like. I haven't had a Job experience. I don't know what it feels like to lose everything. My character might have been uh, challenged in, and moulded in different ways and tested. But by the grace of God, I haven't experienced that. But to think about this as a reality, it makes me question myself and and question ourselves this morning what what are we doing with what God has given us what are we doing with what God has given us are we honoring him with what he has given us what are we doing not just with our possessions and our money but our time is it honoring God What am I doing with the skills? What are we doing with the skills that we have? Are we honouring God? What are we doing with the spiritual gifts that God has given? Are we honouring God? Which brings us to the to the why, I think. Why are we blessed? Why are we blessed by God? Uh, is it just because God is good? Well, He is good. Why are we blessed by God? Because He's loving, absolutely. Because He wants us to live a good life and a comfortable life, an abundant life. Well, perhaps. But if that's it, then to me that seems a little bit empty bit hollow, like there's something missing. There's something more to it, to the why. Not just to be successful and comfortable. 1 John 2.17 says, The world and its desires pass away. King Solomon, perhaps the wisest, one of the wealthiest people to live on planet Earth, 
wrote that book, Ecclesiastes, and at the very beginning, he says, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. This is a guy who had everything. And he goes on to say that in, in light of living in obedience with God, possessions and, and, and man, earthly wisdom and wealth, uh, really they're just meaningless things. So when we pray, Lord, bless me, bless my family, bless my church, this is not something to stop doing. This is actually biblical. It's a good thing to pray for God to bless us individually, as a family, as his people. But it can't just be for a good life, for comfort. That doesn't make sense. Those things will pass away. In Psalm 67, it's only seven verses, so I'll just read through it. Psalm 67, it says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the people praise you, O God. May all the people praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. The psalmist is praying, Lord, bless us, provide our needs, protect us, make your presence known here amongst us. Why? Just so I can live a good, comfortable life? Absolutely not so that others would know who God is, that he would be made known among the nations. The psalmist says our lives should testify to a lost world of how great and how loving and how good and how forgiving God is. That he can bless beyond anything we can imagine. We are blessed by God in order to be a blessing to others and bring glory, honour and praise to him. Absolutely. And this principle is seen through scripture when God blesses his people. When God brings blessing, this principle is seen. You can go back to Genesis 12 and God's covenant promise to Abram. In Genesis 12, chapter uh, verse 2, He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's a really well-known, they're really well-known verses and it wasn't until I was looking at them this week that this really stood out to me that amongst those seven, God's perfect number seven, promises here to Abram 
smack bang in the middle, the top three and the bottom three, and the fourth one right in the middle, the fourth thing God says to Abram is, well, he starts off with saying, I will bless, uh, I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great. And right in the middle he says, and you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing, Abram. Blessed by God isn't meant to be one-way traffic. God, the source of blessing and us, the recipient, and that's it. Definitely God is the source and definitely we are the recipient, but that's not where it ends. We are to be a blessing to others because God has blessed us. And when we say born to bless, that is because God has done something amazing. God has sent his one and only son and he loved us so much that he sent him to die for our sins. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. If you have confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Saviour of your life, then you are born into a relationship with God. You are born into an inheritance that is eternity in his presence. You are born into a family of believers. And that isn't meant to end there. We take what God has blessed us with (laughs) and make it known around the world. God has blessed us and it doesn't end there. He wants to use us to bless others. We are not born of God to only receive blessings but we are born to bless. We are born to bless. You have... Three houses, well, that's fantastic. Great. Use it to bless others and to bring glory and honour to God. You have a really high IQ, you must be a chef. <laughs> uh, great. Fantastic. Use it to bless others and bring glory and honour to God. God has blessed you with some amazing skills, perhaps skills, things that we don't even know about here. Fantastic. What are you doing about it? Use them to bless others and to bring glory to God. You know Jesus Christ is your Saviour and Lord this morning. If you do, then I guarantee you, I promise you, he has gifted you spiritually. What's next? Use it to be a blessing to others and to bring glory to God. Because we are blessed by God. No doubt about it.
ultimately by salvation. But in so many other ways we are blessed by God in order to be a blessing to others and bring glory, honour and praise to him. As you leave today and consider what God has blessed you with and what you have at your disposal from him, would you prayerfully consider how God can use you to bless others. We've just seen and heard about a few things from Raph this morning that we're looking to to bless in this place and in this community that you can be involved in. We're going to hear through the term of so many ministries that this church has been doing already and there's going to be opportunities for you to be involved in so many ways. Consider what it means to be born to bless. Lord and God, I thank you that you are faithful and loving, merciful, gracious and forgiving. And you have blessed us with a new life in Christ an inheritance that will not diminish and we will spend eternity in your presence. And Lord, would that spur us on to a life, to live a life that you have called us to, a life that starts with blessing those in this place, your family, our family, and bless those in our community. Lord, help us uh, grasp what you have blessed us with and challenge us to take what you have given us and use it to bless others, all in glorifying your name and honouring you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.